0: Welcome to ZEOCAST, six questions for industry leaders in uncrewed aerial systems, geospatial, artificial intelligence, autonomy, and the industries that support them. Brought to you by ZEO AIR. I'm your host, Bronwyn Morgan. Sit back and enjoy this week's guest. Today on ZioCast is Peter Schmidt. Peter is the co-founder and CEO of Transcend Air. He's an entrepreneur and an executive with startup turnaround and large enterprise experience. His aviation roles have included that of a drone test pilot, also president of Linear Air, Eclipse 500 operator and part 135 online charter marketplace. He's also been the chief operating officer of Jet Advisors, a business aviation consultancy. He is, in addition to this, an aerobatic pilot and has his degrees in computer science and management from MIT. He currently serves as chair of the Electric Flight Test Committee of the Evitaal Flight Test Council. Join me in welcoming Peter Schmidt. Peter Schmidt, thank you so much for joining us on Zeocast. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I'm so excited about this. I'm so glad you're joining us today.
1: Well, I'm delighted to have been invited. Thank you for having
2: me on.
0: Absolutely. You are working on some amazing technology uh, as it relates to uh, advanced aerial mobility. And we just really want to jump into that and hear what you're thinking about the future. But tell us about your background in VTOL and advanced air, air mobility and how that's led to entrepreneurship and aviation technology and all these really cool applied applications you're working on.
1: Well, I find I'm somewhat unique in the industry being someone who's come to developing an aircraft from the position of somebody who's operated an aircraft at this scale for money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I got into aerospace over a decade ago in a turnaround situation for a Part 135 operator of Eclipse Very Light Jets named Linear mm-hmm. Air. Mm-hmm. And I learned how people think about uh, traveling, how they buy travel and what uh, offers they respond to and what offers they don't respond to. And sure, I spent five years disproving a lot of reasonable sounding notions about how people buy travel, air travel. Hmm. Well, it's actually travel in general. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: I bring that into what we're doing with Transcend. So Mm -hmm. Transcend is developing a high speed VTOL aircraft designed to be a new alternative for city center to city center travel. Okay. And... You know, again, my background started out, got a couple degrees from MIT, one in computer science, one in business, had an entrepreneurial career in high tech for many years, but I'm a pilot, mm-hmm. an aerobatic pilot. So the chance to jump into uh, aerospace was compelling. But I was frustrated by our lack of success at using traditional fixed wing aircraft. Well, not even traditional, adva- very advanced fixed wing aircraft mm-hmm. and having a hard time trying to get people to uh, purchase seats on them. And what it really boiled down to is just too expensive. Right. So we're building something that's going to be less expensive than the current door-to-door travel options, while being much faster, much more comfortable, um, and so that's what I, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning.
0: Well, I want to jump into, I mean, that's really interesting because you think about all the different concepts that are currently on the table right now in, in advanced air mobility and urban air mobility and, you know, kind of this short range uh, uh, within an urban area of suburban uh, and then perhaps suburban rural uh, to, you know, uh, busy traffic areas. What is this whole thing with Transcend now? And talk to us about this whole city to city and what kinds of, of traditional Uh, routes and aircraft will you be kind of taking a chunk out of what what does tell us more about that
1: so we're going to take a big chunk out of the 20 billion dollar a year business of selling air travel to people who are flying 500 miles or less Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason we call it city to city is my experience at linear air taught me that kind of like what willie sutton said about robbing banks because that's where the money is (laughs) airlines serve cities because that's where the people are Mm -hmm. Uh, In order to have service to smaller outlying areas, Congress has to subsidize that service with the Essential Mm -hmm. Air Services Program. Mm -hmm. So as we looked at how to address the frustrations I'd experienced at Linear Air, we realized that VTOL was the key to a better service. It lets us um, free people from airports. So instead of having to go to the airport, sit in traffic, go through TSA, wait to board, stand in line in the aisle of the jet you're getting on you'll be able to go from your office down to a nearby ViPort. We call our VertiPorts or ViPorts mm-hmm. because our aircraft is called the Vi 400. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 10 minute walk, you get on your scheduled flight. You're at your destination in somewhere between 28 minutes, maybe an hour and 15 minutes max. Mm-hmm. And then take a short cab ride. You, know, you land at the downtown, so you take a short cab ride to uh, where your meeting is. And so we mm-hmm. cut door to door times by two thirds to 80%. So it's a different take on this new mobility. Um, And it comes from my experience. That's why I said we're we're unique in this way that we've come at this from a service model we know will work. We're making something that people already buy just much faster and cheaper. So who doesn't want that?
0: So let me just kind of, because this is exciting. And so, uh, like, I'm in, I'm in St. Louis right now, you know, versus I'm usually in Atlanta or St. Louis. Yeah. So between here and Chicago, I've got an upcoming trip uh, next week. And, you know, I was looking at airfare, like, yeah, hey, it'll just be easier for me to drive by the time I get to the airport and go through all that and then uh-huh. land and go through all that and then get the Uber and blah, blah, exactly. blah, Yeah. So I'm going to be able to hop on Transcend at my V-port, my V-port. And yep. go from St. Louis to Chicago in less time and less money?
1: Exactly. Oh. And, and the reason that's possible is we're not we're competing with the ground travel to the airport at each end as well as the air travel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the key here. If we're just going after air travel, yeah, you, know, you can't win because it's always more efficient to put people in a bigger aircraft. Right. Um but that, you know, with Uber having they just announced that hey, they're going to have to try and price things to make money.
2: <laughs> right,
1: right. Literally, this is the past few weeks this came out. What a revolutionary idea. Um, Ubers have been at an artificially low subsidized price this entire time.
0: Absolutely. So uh,
1: the price to get from uh, Manhattan to LaGuardia went from $50 to $100. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, your Uber ride to the airport could be anywhere between $50, maybe 100 maybe even more. And mm-hmm. the same is true, especially on the Chicago side. Mm-hmm. And your meanwhile, your airline ticket might just be 120 bucks. Right. The whole thing is going to be over $300. Well, we right. can serve that St. Louis to Chicago leg for just about $300. Hmm. And, and we'll get you there in um, under an hour. So, wow. Right. Right. Exactly. And you didn't have to go through TSA. And you didn't have to stand in line. And the seats are wider than first class. And you have leg
0: and and you know I'm you've boy I've got, I'm gonna I want to keep us on track because I got a lot of questions for you but let me let me yes. let me ask you one thing when we think about this kind of aircraft that you're building <clears throat> which is, which is unique to other aircraft how many how many how many uh, other passengers will I be sharing this aircraft with?
1: Up to four others, so five passengers total with a single pilot.
0: Intimate, okay. Yep. Yeah. And okay. the goal the
1: goal here is we we put lots of Viports around a city as we grow we can, we can move, we can move them around. Well, not just move them around, but to distribute them around is what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We distribute the ViPorts around. So it's always a short walk or a short taxi ride to getting on the aircraft to go where Mm -hmm. you want to
2: go.
1: And if you think about it, it's kind of like what the computer industry went through when they had giant mainframes and then they went to PCs and iPhones, Mm -hmm. right? Mainframes more efficient, but people get much more value having that, computer right personal to them and so we're going to be mm-hmm. that kind of personal distributed air transport for them
0: mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully i'll get more than peanuts and pretzels but
1: <laughs> oh, no. be, it... maybe baked goods in the morning and cookies in the afternoon
0: i'll take it um wow this is amazing i, I wish i could do this tomorrow and so me too. um let me just kind of jump into another question Well, will you know based on kind of where we're at with um uh UTM and, and safety and autonomy. Will we be starting off with a pilot up front and then moving into autonomy, which sounds more realistic based on what you know we've been hearing from a timeline perspective?
1: Yes, I agree with I agree with you on that front. It it is not realistic to think you could start fully autonomous anytime soon. Right. Hold up <laughs> uh, it makes much more sense. The FAA likes to talk about crawl, walk, run. It's much more sense to start with a human pilot in the aircraft, but -hmm. of course, to design your aircraft as we are to support increasing amounts of autonomy over time. Um, There's a very nice framework called Simplified Vehicle Operations that's been developed for decades now, Mm -hmm. and that is a path forward for us and for others in the industry. So you start out um, at SVO level one with Mm -hmm. reducing the pilot workload through automation on the aircraft that makes it easier to fly and safer to fly mm-hmm. then you go to SVO level 2 where you don't even need a trained pilot necessarily the aircraft's mostly flying itself but you want somebody with specific training to to keep the flight safe to exercise human judgment where necessary mm-hmm. um, And you get to SVO level 3 that's full autonomy
2: um, right
1: and we have a roadmap I'm sure other people other companies developing this also have a similar roadmap where you can see once the environment outside the aircraft, makes it possible to benefit from full autonomy, you'll be able to upgrade the software on your aircraft to, to make use of that. But it's mm-hmm. we don't want to place a bet, and it's not a smart bet, on when that's going to happen. I like to also remind mm-hmm. people that elevators required human operators for over a hundred years. After that's, they were put in that's
0: right. That's <laughs> right. Sure did.
1: And it mm-hmm. wasn't because you couldn't, you know, automate them. It was because people wouldn't get in them unless there was an operator.
0: Right. Wow. And that's going to, to your point, that's going to change your configuration in the future and offer you additional, you know, additional space for, uh, you know, increased revenue.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, Well, let me jump into kind of the more industry thinking. Um, What is the biggest problem that you see advanced area mobility solving? You know, is it traffic congestion? Uh, Is it, you know, faster delivery of, of products and things? Is it healthcare access? Is it air pollution reduction? What do you think this is? Are we, because my question is always, are we taking everything on the ground and just moving it up into the air?
1: It's a great question. Traffic congestion is clearly the most um, obvious benefit. Uh, global, uh, so over the past 50 years, really, mm-hmm. population in the, in the world has more than tripled. And the bulk of that growth has happened in large cities. Mm-hmm. In fact, then urban planners now talk about megacity regions.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: those megacity regions emerged, uh, you know, maybe 25 years ago in a big way, but they're getting more and more congested. Yeah. And so, advanced air mobility of all stripes <laughs> provides a relief valve for that congestion to enable mm-hmm. population growth to continue and economic growth to continue without Mm -hmm. being choked by the limits of terrestrial transport networks. So that's the most obvious uh, benefit, I think. Um, Some of the other ones are much more speculative. I mean, if if you want to improve healthcare access, that's not gonna happen without some sort of coordinated government action to make that happen. Um, As we see with essential air services, the only reason, you know, Syracuse, New York, um, or College Station Texas has scheduled airline services because Congress is subsidizing that. Mm-hmm. Um, people won't pay the full cost of an air operator uh, to, get the air, you know, to get the aircraft to and fro. The, the seat price gets too high because you can't fill enough of them all the time.
2: Right. Um,
1: and air pollution reduction, um, I mean, it's worth noting that even battery-powered aircraft have to be charged off of polluting infrastructure right now. 40 percent right. you know, of electricity generated in the U.S. is coal-fired power plants. So 40 percent mm-hmm. of your electric car, your electric aircraft's uh, power is coming from smokestacks at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know,
1: that's improving True. over time. Right. So, um, you know, air pollution reduction is um, it'll come in time, but that's that's way further out there.
0: All right. OK, well, that makes that, that makes a lot of sense. This is this is all of this is a step. Uh, process and innovation Um, and and there's so many feeders into you know how this all works Um, and so you know based on that what applications do you think will be first to market when we think about um, you know larger VTOLs and cargo delivery and and such what do you or is it passenger or is it or is it you know emergency uh, operations what do you think is going to be first to market and, and why
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So there's first to market and then there's sustaining in the market because it's profitable. Mm. Um, So let's talk package delivery, because that's Mm. an easy, you know, it's an eye catching application people can imagine wanting. Mm -hmm. But last mile package delivery turns out to be incredibly challenging because of limitations uh, with small uh, VTOL aircraft drones, uh, their ability to cope with weather, their ability to cope. Not everybody lives in a suburb. Not everybody has a secured porch. Uh, Not even that porches are that secure, given that there are porch pirates. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you live in an apartment building in the inner city, how is how is that uh, drone going to deliver your package to you? Mm -hmm. Right. Unanswered question. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's if your drone can't deliver packages when it's raining or snowing and you're a logistics operator, well, then you have to have some backup way of getting that package there. Mm -hmm. And it's not obvious to me that you can afford to uh, or you're going to you're going to have any profits from the drone based delivery if you also have to vest and maintain some other terrestrial-based delivery capacity. So that's mm-hmm. an open question for me. However, mm-hmm. I think mid-mile logistics with larger uh, autonomous aircraft uh, definitely could deliver benefit. You know, the kind of most obvious one is to eliminate truck rolls to and from airports uh, for distribution centers.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: there's some value there. So mm-hmm. they, if, if feeder aircraft can be replaced with um, new ones that are VTOL and have similar operating economics well, the savings on truck rolls just drops to the bottom line for a UPS or a FedEx. So right. I think I would I would imagine seeing those. We've seen orders, you know, Beta has orders from UPS. Um, so I think there's, there's a real value proposition there in the near term. Okay. Um, we, we believe we have a real value proposition for passenger carriage in the near term on our regional routes. We talked about the value prop there. Um, I think people believe that airport transfer could be a business for UAM aircraft, urban air mobility aircraft, short range battery electric ones. Um, And that critically depends on load factors. All personnel transport service models critically depend on, can you fill all the seats every time you move the aircraft? Sure. And the hard thing with airport transfer, it's been tried, Hub Express in Boston tried for eight years to use traditional helicopters. And what they ran into is they couldn't fill all the seats because Mm -hmm. that airport transfer demand is asymmetrical. People Mm -hmm. want to go to the airport in the morning, and then you're empty coming back. And then they need Mm -hmm. to be picked up in the evening, but you're empty going out there because nobody's departing. Mm -hmm. So that asymmetry, you know, naively doubles your ticket price, maybe more. Um, Mm -hmm. And the experience of Hub Express was they could not price $1 above a ground car. And it's really hard to see that you're going to be able to get down to Uber prices, even the newly increased ones, uh, if you're empty half the time. Of course. So that's a tough right. one. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. People are yeah. definitely going to try it. So when you said who's going to be first to market, I expect to see that as one of the early market attempts. Right. Um, and I'm we'll, we'll find out whether it has any sort of sustainable profitability to it.
0: Um, well, you know, I mean... <laughs> you're you're saying all the right things. I mean, I've been hearing about this whole business model strategy for since we started having these conversations. And it's, you know, it's still a question because we've not really, you know, we've just done some, you know, there's beta testing happening, but, you know, how can you, how do you make this affordable for everybody and not just a service that's just available for the elite?
1: Right. And it won't be if it's just for the elite, it won't be a service because that's mm-hmm. helicopters today. Mm-hmm. And c- community acceptance will prevent it from being anything other than a very niche. And if you if you look at that, and you go, okay, well maybe we'll sell these electric aircraft to rich people. Well, mm-hmm. the problem is none of the battery electric aircraft have the all weather capability um, or the the load capacity that the dominant helicopters that are you know VIPs buy mm-hmm. uh, are looking at. So it would be a it would be a downgrade in capability for. <clears throat> for them. Now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: our aircraft, given that it's powered by a turbine engine burning sustainable alternative fuel, is both uh, easy on the environment and has the performance they need. So we actually do think we'll sell ours to uh, wealthy people as well. But it's not our mm-hmm. goal. Our goal right. is to offer a less expensive service that's better.
0: Okay. And so you can. Comp- And competing with airports and and, and the airlines, obviously, this is going to be interesting to see how the industry responds. It kind of goes back to this whole idea of future-proofing. And, you know, many traditional businesses have not really recognized the threat that innovation, um, you know, provides. And they're not ready. You know, you think about, you know, an Airbnb and how they uh, usurped all of that the resources from and revenue from traditional hotels and you know you think about it well when netflix was booming and uh what that meant to the blockbusters of the world and other traditional uh tv now we're seeing some of those models being flipped um the whole subscription model and are people willing to pay for it how do you keep the new content flowing so it will be interesting to see how do we keep these engines no pun intended moving (laughs) and so based on that You know, what are the challenges and hurdles that we really need to overcome, though, for safe integration and for acceptance?
1: Those are, there's a lot of depth in that question. So let me Mm -hmm. just hit a couple of what I think are the most important ones. Mm -hmm. First of all, the current national airspace system is controlled by a very sophisticated and well-proven human-based system of air traffic controllers and air traffic management and as we look at admitting many more new aircraft with different flight pro- profiles into that, there is going to have to be an addition to that national airspace system in terms of how that traffic is managed, admitted, and controlled. And there's some very good ideas out there for that. Um, you know, there's UTM, uh, which has been targeting the low-level conops for drones and for mm-hmm. urban air mobility. Um, Raytheon, just showed today, Wasim Naqvi, the CTO of Raytheon IS, just on LinkedIn today posted their vision for an integrated um, managed network that does resolutions, um, keeping aircraft apart from each other that might conflict. Uh, It looks really impressive. And we're a big supporter of that. We've we've been working with Wasim on those concepts and we're happy to be featured in the video they made. Um, but they're not the only ones working on it. Uh, you know, EVE is working on that. Uh, Ember Air is spin out. It's not just an EV tall. They have a significant air traffic management component. Everybody understands we need to add a, a new piece to this puzzle that fits with the existing piece. We're not going to revolutionize the existing piece. The existing piece provides us with remarkable travel volume with incredible safety. So mm-hmm. we don't want to screw that up. We can't screw that up. So we're looking at how to use technology to introduce this successfully. Uh, and it's hard to know exactly how long that is going to take. Again, mm-hmm. uh, we, as part of our business model, we can get started using the existing resources, not overtaxing them. We can fly according to the existing regulations. We don't need that. But in the out years, as we look at scaling and, and uh, other entrants in the market, then everybody's going to need that. So that's a key to it. Mm-hmm. Another one, you you talked about acceptance. Mm -hmm. People are going to have to get benefit from these service offerings. Absolutely. And it's gonna have to be, as you said, not just for the elites, it has to be broad based in order to generate community support, which then generates political support, which then opens doors and and makes this possible. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so service definition is very important. And one of the things that pains me um, is I don't see a lot of attention paid to accessibility. In, in a lot of the design concepts out there, I look at those aircraft, I'm like, how is a mobility impaired person gonna use that service?
2: Right.
1: Where's their wheelchair gonna go, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going on that aircraft. Uh, how are they even gonna get on it? It's too high, it's not safe, it's not gonna be comfortable.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So there are some real issues. I mean, I, I don't think it's generally understood that 14% of the US population is mobility impaired.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they fly only a 10th as much as they want to because the existing airline service is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, in terms of equity and support, I mean, I think that's an important one that the industry has to do better on.
0: You know, I, absolutely. I, I was listening the other day to someone that's a tech a founder of some sort. I don't remember the, the actual product uh, or service, but the, the uh, interviewer said, hey, but what about people who don't have access? Well, you know, we looked at the numbers and the majority of people do, and it's like, yeah, but you're not—you're not considering one an aging population. You're not considering um, now. This is if—if if your target is only this narrow group of people, and that's the—that's you know, where you're, all your revenues coming from. Then hey, go for it. But to your point. In this instance where you're providing transportation, you know, things that are, are more mass marketed, if you want to be accepted, because uh, you'll get a lot of pushback from able-bodied people who say this doesn't work for the in, the community in, in total. So that's great. Yep. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, here's my last question, because I want to have you back, because we can talk about this all day. We, we'll probably come to your site, because we want to see this in action. But um, there's so much investment. Uh, in this sector right now, as I've you know, been looking at numbers, um, how fast do you think this will accelerate uh, market execution, and, and where do you think we're, we're going to start seeing maybe some of these pop up first? And in, in terms of like, wow, this is now a real thing. Where, where do you think this is going to happen?
1: Well, we're already seeing services being offered. Uh, if we think about the uh, uncrewed cargo delivery applications, there are mm-hmm. BV loss operators out there already, mm-hmm. and uh, the BB loss ARC report, as voluminous as it is, I think is pretty well researched, well thought through. I, I really didn't have any fundamental issues with it. Um, right. And so I think that we're going to start seeing uh, companies like Elroy and Zipline be yeah. able to start offering services in the United States before very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to spread more broadly. I mean, there are companies with waivers right now that are operating in some states. So that's, I think, going to quietly spread starting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in terms of passenger carrying aircraft, well, you have to go through the FAA certification process. And I think Joby is well positioned to succeed at certifying their aircraft. There is a big industry open question as to whether there will be any way to train pilots to fly it. They may have aircraft that are certified with, uh, with, the, with no ability to offer service for money because they don't have certified pilots who can offer uh, carriage for hire. Uh, until we sort that out, um, that, you know, that's a risk factor. I mean, it'll get sorted out eventually, but that it, it's, it could be delaying when you get to go hop in a new VTOL aircraft. Oh, yeah. um, and you, we, you'd, one of the applications you mentioned was emergency services. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible we'll start seeing some emergency services applications. There's a model that says use a single-person aircraft to get somebody on the scene very fast so they can start triaging, uh, you know, offering life-saving service on scene. I can imagine that because that aircraft is comparatively small. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Lyft has one that they serve, they're certifying as an LSA, which means you don't even have to be a pilot. Sorry, not an LSA, a light, uh, ultra light aircraft. That means you don't even have to be a pilot to operate it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so you could take a firefighter or an EMT, give them the training, and it, and it flies like a video game. So it's not a lot mm-hmm. of training to successfully fly it. And maybe that's a useful capacity. I say I emphasize maybe because, again, you're into one of these economic questions where, well, we have police cars that can get on scene in some amount of time and ambulances on the ground. We have existing medevac helicopters. And so to offer value, you have to find a space in between those where it makes sense. And I don't know that market enough, but I can imagine Absolutely. that.
2: might.
0: Be. Yeah, I think a lot of us are, you know, working on the business model here and, and you know if you if if you're using one versus the other where is the value where's the cost savings you know where's the profitability where's the end user um uh benefit uh w- whether it's one of those or it just you know could be something that's uh less tangible than that but it has significant you know benefit at the end yeah well peter these have been your probably six point eight questions. (laughs) Um, But this is uh, fantastic. We look forward to having you back on. But thank you so much for joining me on ZeoCast today.
1: Oh, this was great. They're excellent questions, and I would love to be back and talk more.
0: Absolutely. You take care now. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bronwyn. Bye-bye. ZioCast is a podcast dedicated to all things uncrewed, geospatial, AI, and autonomous. Only six questions per guest, so you get the essence of their wisdom. Brought to you by ZeoAir, an outsourced AI-based drone services, data analytics, and autonomous platform for critical infrastructure, civil infrastructure, catastrophe and disaster, and climate observation. Visit us at www dot